Here we go. Mark 8:36. It starts off with the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. Okay. You guys all there? Okay. 8:14. What did I say? We'll get there. I'm sorry. 8, 8:14. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, Is it because we have no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see and understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? All right, keep going. The healing of the blind man at, at Bethsaida. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked him, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't go into the village. All right, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to preach to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. All right. That was good. Okay, there's so much to learn from that. All right. So let's break it down a little bit. Let's go back. Um, you see, I read the whole thing, beginning from the yeast of the Pharisees. Jesus asked lots of questions to his disciples. He 
he says, do you still not understand? Many, many times, do you see anything? And it's not because Jesus doesn't know what's going on. It's not like because he, he just doesn't know what they're thinking. He's doing this to teach them, to teach them a thing or two about who he is. As we go forth, you see, in the beginning, um, in the east of the Pharisees, where am I going? Okay. He's saying, do you not remember what I did? Do you not remember when I, when I broke bread and I fed the 5,000, when I fed the 4,000? And they still did not understand. You see, the disciples are thinking um, in the natural. You know, when Jesus in all this time is proving to them time and time again who he is. You know, and we go forth and we go under Peter's confession of who Christ is. Jesus says, who do people say that I am? You know, some people say you're a prophet. You know, and who do you say I am? He asked all of his and, and Peter responds, he says, you are the Christ. All right, and then you go forth, Jesus begins to predict his death. You know, he's, Jesus, Peter has just said, you are the Christ. Okay, so Jesus is going to say, okay. He, be, he then begins to teach them, well, this is who the Christ is. The son of, this is what the Christ is going to do. All right, he says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. So here Peter is talking. He just says he's the Christ and he claims who he is. You know, he professes it with his mouth. And then Christ says, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I have to do to fulfill scriptures. And then Peter turns around and he does what? He rebukes Jesus. You know, you can just imagine your, your leader, you know, like we talked this morning, just saying all these crazy things. You know, you got to understand who Peter and, and the disciples are. They are people who grew up knowing the Jewish law. You know, following it. And all of a sudden, they believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And now they're turning away from what they've grown up, what they've grown up knowing. They've turned away maybe from their family members and their friends, you know, denying the teachings that they've learned. And here comes their leader. Here comes Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And now the Messiah is saying that he has to die. The Messiah says that he has to suffer. You know, so here Peter, he rebukes him. He rebukes him and says, like, what are you saying? That is not right. And so God Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because you do not have in mind the things of God. You know, here, Peter is probably saying, like, no, you know, you are not going to do that. I, not if I'm here, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do everything that I can. That will not happen. But Jesus says, you do not have in mind the things of God. And that just makes me think, you know, maybe Peter was thinking, you know, the power of the tongue has, uh, what does it say? The tongue has the power of life and death. He's probably thinking Proverbs like, you know, you're speaking words of death. And Jesus is like, you need to get behind me. You know, because God has different plans for me. God has different plans here. And this just reminds me of something that someone I admire says. You know, sometimes people in this world have good ideas. They have really good ideas, but they're not God's ideas. You know, sometimes in this world, people want to help you. And they want to tell you, you know, this is the best way. This is the best route. It's the safest way, you know. But that God has different plans for you. God has told you something else deep down in your heart. You know that God has spoken to you. But people around you want to help you. People around you want to protect you. You know, want to keep you on the straight path. But you know you've heard God's voice. And here we go. Let me go, Peter. There's so much I want to tell you. See, here we go. Peter still did not understand, even though he had confessed Christ was. He said, you are the Christ. Peter and the disciples still did not understand. They worked with him. They followed him. They, they talked to him daily. and They still did not understand who Christ was. And it, this, it makes me laugh because, you know, you, 
you would think that spending so much time, you know, if I spent so much time with you for three whole years, you would know, I, you would know who I was. You know, but Christ is a mystery. We will never understand who Christ is. We will never know what, what this really meant, this word of God. And I've heard it be preached before, you know. So many people in this world think they have the gospel down pat. Think they, they just know it and that's it, you know, let's move along, let's study more stuff, you know, the symbolism, everything of the Bible, the word of God. We will never understand who Christ is. If Peter did not understand who Christ is and Jesus had to ask him so many times, you know, and tell him, do you still not understand it? Who do you say I am? Peter did not understand. We in this world will never understand completely the fullness of Jesus Christ and his love for us and the reason why, the reason why he had to do this. And Jesus rebukes him and says, and he continues to go on. And this is the part where I say, take the scripture out of context. Because he goes on to say, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will say it. Save it. It says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes to the, in the Father's glory with the holy angels. And many times, boy, I tell you, I've used that scripture going out preaching. If you are ashamed of God, he will be ashamed of you before the Father. But see, here, who is Jesus Christ talking to? He's talking to Christians. He's talking to Christ. He's not Christ. He's talking to Peter. He's telling him, Peter, if you are ashamed, listen, this is who I am. And if you're going to rebuke me for talking like this, then you are ashamed of who I am. I'm going to die. I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. This is who I am. If you are ashamed of me in this sinful generation, in front of these people who don't even know, understand, and are so dirty, I will be ashamed of you in front of the Father. I think this is so powerful because he's talking to people who are saved, people who know him. And today, the reason for this message is because I want to encourage you and I want to tell you if you think you know Christ, if you ever find yourself in a dry season, I'm going to tell you to take another look because you don't know who Christ is. And when you find yourself in this place where you feel so dry and you feel like there's nothing more, like you've done it all already, you know you've worshipped and you've lifted your hands up in the air and you've cried, you know, all the tears that you could cry. You don't know who Christ is and you can get so much more. You can get filled over and over again because you will never understand who he is. I will never understand who he is. I don't care how many times I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I will never understand who he is. And I encourage you today to get deeper and deeper in the word of God, to get deeper in his presence, because he wants to fill you up more. He wants to give you more and more of who he is. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit and pour it out upon you when you cannot, you won't even know what's happening. He wants to use you. He wants to be exalted through you. So be encouraged to know him more and to not be ashamed of who he is ever. We meet so many Christians you know, at right college, who say, I'm Christ, but when push comes to shove and you put him on the spot, is Jesus Christ the only way? They say no. They are ashamed of who he is. They are ashamed of thinking that only one, there is only one way to heaven. Do not be like those people. I'm telling you, you know, do not be like those people. Be, know who Christ is. Know your God. 
Know him more and more every day. And do not get stuck thinking you've got it all because you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. When you think you know and understand who Christ is to the fullness, it's a scary place to be. Because you'll, you'll be in religion, you'll be stuck, and you'll feel like there's no more. You've done it all before. God has more for you than you can ever imagine. So today we're just going to break out into small groups and we're going to talk about this, being ashamed of God, being ashamed of who he is. And we're going to pray for those. We're going to pray for those at Wright College and all the colleges, you know, in this city who claim to know God and deny him, who are ashamed of him. Because this word is scary. This is a scary passage. If you are ashamed of him in this world, he will be ashamed of you before the Father. And that's a scary place to be. So right now I'm going to ask Vanessa to come up here and pray for us. Pray that we would never fall into that category. That we would learn from Peter, we would learn from the disciples, and to continue knowing God more, to continue getting deeper and deeper with Him.